This is the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Anfield. It's a morning bulletin here on the Blood Red channel as we bring you your must-know stories from this morning's reports. I'm Guy Clark and on Wednesday the 14th of October, these are your top stories. Trio return to training as Reds gear up for Merseyside Derby. Fallout from Project Big Picture comes into focus. Shakiri outlines determination to fight for his place at Anfield, while Carius is none the wiser. And could Liverpool move for a World Cup finalist goalkeeper? All to come right here on the Morning Bulletin from Blood Red. Alongside me, as ever, our Blood Red writer, Matt Addison. Matt, International Week now coming towards an end. The derby will be here before we know it. Yeah, it's uh, it's gone quicker than I thought it might have done. To be fair, it's not uh, not been too much of a drag. There's still been loads of things happening, and I'm sure there will be between now and obviously Saturday lunchtime when the game kicks off. So yes, it's uh, yeah the, the countdown very much on now. But I'm sure uh, we want to, to get these last couple of internationals out of the way and, and get back to the the proper football. Nerves kicking in yet? Not yet. I think there will be for for a lot of Liverpool fans, but I think. Uh, Liverpool can go into it really with a, a real sort of fresh start. I can't make my mind up, to be honest, whether it's a, a good thing that they've all been away on, on internationals after obviously what happened in the, the Aston Villa game or or whether it would have been better to, to go again a couple of days later. But I just think, you know, what, whatever happens, I think Liverpool with a few players back, as we're going to discuss in, in just a second, I think it's going to be a very different Liverpool team that, that takes to the field. And I would imagine, you know, obviously if they can play at their best, which they have done in, in three of the four, or well, not, not their best, but close to their best in, in certainly three of the, the four Premier League games so far this season, you'd imagine that they will have enough to, to be able to beat Everton. Yeah, well, let's throw ahead towards the derby then and some early team news for Jurgen Klopp. Paul and I were speaking yesterday about Sadio Mane and Thiago Alcantara uh, and that they were due back in training. Now they've been pictured at Melwood with the rest of the group who are there, plus another who's been sidelined for a little while, as we've got reported on the Echo. Yeah, Thiago and, and Sadio Mane, of course, COVID-19 uh, positive, but then they are now back. And Joel Matip as well, obviously been out injured, uh, as he quite frequently is, unfortunately, but he is now back. All three of them pictured in training at Melwood yesterday and other players like Mohamed Salah and, and James Milner, those who haven't uh, gone away with internationals. Obviously, Egypt didn't have any matches this time. James Milner, of course, retired from England duty, so... Both of, of those two were, were there, a few youngsters in and around the, the squad as well. But uh, yeah, it's going to be interesting to, to see, as I said before, who actually comes into this Liverpool team. I think, to be honest, there's a good chance that James Milner might play. Certainly Mohamed Salah will. And, and then you look at, at the three who've come back from injuries and positive tests and, and that sort of thing. You, you think of Thiago and Mane, you'd imagine both of those will go straight in. Um, and then it's you know a big sort of question to answer, I think, at, at the back with Joel Matip. Obviously, we know that the issues that, that Liverpool have had defensively over the first couple of games of, of this season. To be honest, I, I'd probably ease towards playing Fabinho in there. I don't think it'll be Joe Gomez, but I think potentially Fabinho could play at centre-back alongside Van Dijk and possibly uh, Joel Matip might just miss out. But I suppose it, it depends really on you know, how fit he is. If he's 100% ready, then maybe you take that risk. But I think possibly with his sort of past injury record, he doesn't have the, the best record, as, as I said before. So be interesting to, to see if he does go back in. But my guess is that, that Jurgen Klopp would be 
as careful as possible with him, especially with you know a few big matches to come over the next few weeks. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to to see what happens. But I suppose you know Liverpool only having three senior centre backs at the club, it's a, a huge boost to get him back and an obvious boost to, to get back. Thiago and Sadio Mane as well, who are probably two of Liverpool's best players, if not the two best players, along with possibly Van Dijk and Salah. So, yeah, it's a big boost. I think it's massively important for Liverpool. And, yeah, if uh, all of those players are back and at the top of the game, as I say, Liverpool can be very confident, I think, going into to Saturday, despite what happened in the last match. Yeah, certainly. Joel Matip then, who... I don't think it's played since a late substitute appearance on the opening day of the season. Could then be in contention for the visit to Goodison Park. Aside from the derby, another topic taking plenty of the focus right now is all the chat around Project Big Picture. And more fallout this morning with Paul Gorse doing the digging for us at the Echo. Spirit of Shankly have had their say. And a very strong standpoint as well taken by the FA regarding qualifying for European football. Yeah, the, the latest on this is that the FA chairman, Greg Clark, is threatening no European football under the current plans as they are. Obviously, the FA have the power to veto any Premier League changes. So I suppose that the FA have a lot more say in this. And I think some people have, have sort of said so far in this process, they obviously are a huge part of it. They were sort of in, impacted, certainly by the, the proposals. And obviously, they haven't taken to them too well, which I think is, is understandable. I don't think the, the proposals as they are are 100% perfect and clearly the FA would agree with that. But I do think it, it's very easy to to deride the plan and, and sort of put it all in the, the same category of being completely unsuitable. I think that's sort of been the, the reaction from a lot of people is that you should just throw out the entirety of it. Whereas, you know, actually a lot of it, I think, does make a great deal of sense. You look at, you know, the, the sort of options on the table at this stage, it's probably the best plan that anybody has come up with for a long time, mainly because it's it's the only plan anybody has put on the table. So things like ticket prices, stadiums, easing fixture congestion, obviously that will involve maybe cutting the Premier League down by a couple of teams. It will possibly involve getting rid of the Charity Shield. I wouldn't be against that. The Carabao Cup as well. I've long said that the, um, in England you only need you know one of the, the cup competitions. You obviously keep the FA Cup over the Carabao one, but... Yeah, there's there's lots of things in there that I do agree with. Obviously, there is a couple of problematic bits, and that is where Spirit of Shankly, as as you said before, have, have sort of come in, uh, along with the sort of representatives from other top six clubs or the traditional big six, as it's sort of known at this stage. And they've sort of put together a joint statement with the other fans to say that they totally oppose uh, the plan. Uh, I think specifically with regards to, to giving the power to uh, those big six clubs or possibly the, the top nine, I think, isn't it, in the uh, the new proposals. But uh, I think, it, it, yeah, they obviously are, are totally against the fact that the power would shift. I can understand why that is. I think, you know, as the proposals are at this stage, it wouldn't necessarily be a bad thing, but it's more, you know, going forward, what have they got their eye on? What potentially would they do in a few years' time after you know, all of this has passed over. Obviously, they give away a lot of money to, to the lower leagues under these plans and, and that sort of thing. But then what is the long-term aim? Why do they need so much power going forward? I think that's the, the big issue. But yeah, as I said before, I don't think people should totally disregard the plan. Uh, I think a lot of it is very, very good as a starting point. It's never going to go through as it is at the moment. But I think 
there is a basis there for something that potentially could be workable you know if it's you know got amendments and, and people sort of get on board with it i understand there's been a, a mixed reaction but i don't think at this stage we can afford to just throw it out without really considering it and, and going through it in detail yeah, it's one that still has plenty of twists and turns to take, as you say, get the feeling this is probably an opening gambit to be negotiated. But it is clear that the pyramid does need support from those higher up in the food chain. But I suppose, as you suggest, Matt, at what cost? We'll have to wait and find out on that one. Well, still to come, the transfer window may be shut, but Jordan shakiri has been talking transfers and his future. So too has Loris Karius. And could Liverpool still make a move for a World Cup runner-up in goal? The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. Throughout the course of the transfer window, there's been intense speculation regarding Jordan Shakiri and whether his days at Liverpool would end this summer slash autumn as we are now, even to the extent he was withdrawn from the squad in the Carabao Cup tie with Arsenal at Anfield. Now Matt, away on international duty, he's been speaking about his future, which he firmly sees at Anfield for now. Yeah, I mean, I suppose what I would say is that he's sort of said what you'd expect him to say, which is he wants to, to force his way back into the squad. He's obviously not going to be able to move uh, permanently now until January, which you know obviously means that he doesn't want to do nothing between now and then. He's got to sort of come out and say that he wants to uh, make a difference, make an impact, get himself back into to doing what he was doing before, which you know is, is sort of making an impact now and again off the bench. I don't think he's ever realistically going to be a regular for, for Liverpool because of all the players in front of him. But I suppose in, in his head, he's thinking it is possible that he could make himself maybe the first or second substitute, something like that going forward, because you know, he has sort of been that in the past. So, yeah, it, it's going to be very, very difficult for him. I think a, a move in January still makes sense. But, you know, I don't think he really at this stage has any other choice really, but to, to sort of say what he said now, which is, all of the the right things, but I I think we we almost have to take it with a little bit of a pinch of salt because he's kind of saying exactly what he has to say. I don't know potentially whether he genuinely thinks that he's got a chance, whether he genuinely wanted to, to stay at Liverpool, or potentially whether other moves just broke down. But I suppose either way, the same result. He's going to be staying at Anfield for the next few months, and if he is, he might as well make the most of it. Yeah, certainly. So Shakiri staying put. One man who didn't stay put during the recent transfer window was Loris Karius. He's back from that long loan deal in Turkey with Besiktas. Now he's moved back to Germany with Union Berlin. But speaking with the German media, he seems very unsure as to whether or not he does have a future at Liverpool. Yeah, I mean, he, he says, doesn't he, I, I wasn't sure whether to go or stay. And he does make clear that the option to stay was definitely there because he says if you're not the first goalkeeper, you can still get playing time in cup competitions and, and that sort of thing. But I suppose it, it's almost been put into even more scrutiny, the, the goalkeeping situation, given the fact that Adrian hasn't possibly had the, the best record in the past, didn't look to be in the, the, the best of form when he's come in for Alisson. And obviously now we know that there's, Still about five weeks of Allison being injured. So obviously Liverpool are going to have to make do with Adrian for the time being. But suppose the question is there, would Karius have, have got a chance anyway, even if he'd have stayed? I'm not too sure whether he would have done. Um, but yeah, he, he basically says that he wanted to, to go out. He was given the opportunity to. 
he took that because he wants to, to go out and, and play week in, week out. So, yeah, he, as he says himself, he's still got a couple of years left on his Liverpool contract. He is only out on loan, so he will possibly come back and, and reassess the situation going forward. It's going to be interesting to, to sort of see what happens if, if Adrian was to move on at the end of this season. I think uh, I'm right in saying that his contract expires at the end of this season, but he does have a, an option of a 12-month extension, so the club could potentially keep him for another season. But I don't know whether if Carrius was to, to have a really good season this summer, uh, maybe or next summer, I should say, maybe Liverpool could have uh, a think about that and possibly bring him back a, a second choice. But again, it, it's one of those, I think, for him, for his career, the best thing is for him to move on, uh, to make sure that he is the first choice goalkeeper and sort of go from there, really. I think, obviously, he's still very young. He's still got a lot to, to give in the game, but potentially at Liverpool, possibly the, the ship has, has possibly sailed in that regard. So I think it, it's been a good move for Carriers to go back to Germany, go back to, to where you're comfortable, see sort of what happens this season. If he can play 40, 50 games, be consistent, not make too many mistakes. Who knows what could happen in the future, whether that's at Liverpool, whether that's somewhere else. But yeah, I'm sure, you know, everyone at Liverpool will keep an eye on him, wish him well. But uh, yeah, I suppose it, it, it's, as I say, it, it's sort of even even under more scrutiny than it would have been at this stage, just because of the situation with, with Alisson and Adrian. Yeah, he does, of course, have that baggage that we all do know about. And as you say, still has two years left on his Liverpool contract. So I suppose we, and crucially, Carrius himself may then find out if he does indeed have a future at Anfield. Well, finally this morning, sticking with goalkeepers, Liverpool have been urged by a former England and Premier League goalkeeper to make a move for a World Cup runner-up who sort of key to all of this is still available for uh, transfer because although the transfer window has shut, he's a free agent, Matt. Yeah, Daniel Subasic um, from, obviously, uh, Croatia uh, got to the, the World Cup final and, and Paul Robinson suggesting uh, that he should potentially uh, be an option for Liverpool. I suppose it, it's another one that falls into the bracket of somebody who has a, a decent reputation, anybody but Adrian who can can come in and, and put themselves in goal, I suppose. So after Jack Butland was uh, put down by Theo Squires, our colleague last uh, well, was it last week or certainly in the, the last couple of days? Uh, any goalkeeper, really, as I say, with a half decent reputation is going to be linked with Liverpool. And, and this is the latest one. So, look, I think Liverpool will stick with Adrian. Obviously, Subasic is, is on the market. He left uh, Monaco, I think, over the summer. So his contract ran down there. I'm surprised, uh, as Paul Robinson says, actually, that, that nobody has, has picked him up. But I would be very surprised if, if Liverpool went for him, I think. You know, it would be a very short-term option. I understand, obviously, there's a few important matches that, that Alisson is going to miss. Uh, obviously, three Champions League games, potentially Manchester City away as well, just before that next international break comes. So there's a lot of, of important games to come, but it would be a big sort of knee-jerk reaction, I think, for, for Liverpool to go out and, and get another goalkeeper in. We all know that Adrian is limited in what he can do, but he is a second-choice goalkeeper. Liverpool knew you know exactly that was the the situation heading into this season i just i just don't see this happening to be honest it's one of those that potentially it makes sense on paper perhaps but for Jurgen Klopp to actually go out and, and do that and essentially end Adrian's Liverpool career at this stage i think is is quite unlikely so 
but we'll we'll see what happens. But I would be very very surprised if Liverpool signs Subasic or, or any other goalkeeper, to be honest, um, over the next couple of weeks. Yeah, certainly uh, does seem to, to be the case and not sure it'll be happening myself either. As you say, the window for free agents may still be open. But of course, as we sort of mentioned earlier on, Jerdan Shakiri, he's been in the uh, Liverpool Champions League squad that was sent to UEFA. So there's no more room on that. So even if Subasic were to sign, he wouldn't be able to be used in Champions League games, which of course, if Alisson's out for another five weeks, half of those uh, games that Liverpool have to play would be in that competition. So doesn't really sort of seem to make sense. That's all from us now, though, here on the Morning Bulletin. Keep an eye across the Liverpool Echo throughout the course of the day for your latest Liverpool fix. Also, don't forget the link to our twice-daily newsletter is in the description of the podcast. All it takes is your email address in exchange for our top stories being delivered directly to you. Also, keep across Blood Red's podcast platforms wherever it is you get your audio on demand, as well as our dedicated Blood Red YouTube channel. If you can leave us a rating and review wherever it is you listen to the Blood Red podcast and share it as well. That's always more than appreciated. But from Matt Addison and myself, Guy Clark, thanks for joining us here on the Morning Bulletin. That's all for now. You've been listening to the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo.